0: Hey, everybody.
1: This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody.
2: Dad, I'm saying uh, back. I had a back-in-my-day idea. Well, no. Rage actually responded to something on Twitter. It was, oh, yeah, um, like all this TSA pre-checks and clears right like all this like nowadays like back in my day you waited in line you took your shoes off you took your belt off back in you in your know what day, I mean? you could
1: just hijack a plane well i mean like
2: I, like air it, you i think enough passes enough time has passed since nine eleven that you can joke about airport security right and back in, like you long for no the, but,
1: but seriously in the 70s like that was the golden age for hijacking planes you could just do it <laughs> like they were like I can't. I listened to a podcast called American Skyjacker, and it was telling one story about it. But leading up to it, it talked about how it was kind of the golden age. Like it was just. Oh, the 70s, for sure. Yeah,
2: people who, like, because yeah. they had no security. And that's how we will start this week's episode of The Greg Cody Show, <laughs> with me pitching my dad an idea for back in my day, okay. and, and it coming with a nice Yeti tidbit right there.
3: Right. <laughs> a bit. I actually have a, g- a good back in my day idea that uh, will probably not come to fruition, but um, we'll, we'll work on it. Junk drawers.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. We talked about that on the yeah. long show, too. No, that's,
3: that's, that's fertile ground. Believe me. It is good. That's yeah. fertile ground. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, hey, it's the Greg Cody show. Imagine that with Chris Cody and Yeti. Uh, action-packed
2: show today. But um, I want to start You say that every by, week, Dad. There's no you know one what? in the game. Nobody in the podcast game is like fake enthusiasm for the episode is more like you're at the top of that. Like, 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 you know how like NCAA football has the top 25 teams? Right. In podcasting, there's a the top 25 of yeah. hosts who's Oversell. Fake- fake oversells mean the least and you're right. you're not you're number four so i just i mean wow. it's pretty good
3: ranking thank you
2: yeah a five
3: wow yeah. let's put that uh, let's get a t-shirt on in the merch store yeah
2: colin cowards right. number two he says every show is amazing okay um yeah back and better than ever <laughs> oh greeny that's another one yeah they never he never has a bad show okay
3: well listen we are now five days uh into dick Vitale's sb speech but he does appear to be <laughs> finally wrapping it up
2: So Jeez.
3: that's. Did wow. you guys watch that? I, I listen. I no. got to start by saying I everybody loves Dick Vitale. God bless him. He got over cancer. He had a terrible bout with cancer. He's over it. He was speaking on behalf of of the Jimmy V Foundation. Yeah, but he wouldn't stop.
2: You got to appreciate a guy that just puts his middle finger up to that red light, that flashing red light. <laughs> oh, like, and it. Yeah, I think after ten minutes he was like, I, "I I know you're. I see this red light here. I got about three more minutes." Right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And and it veered all over the place. He's going for. And this is all after they tried to bum rush him off the stage. He's talking about an ode to Chris Berman. He's dropping Brittany Griner stuff. He's doing all over the map. We all love uh, we all love Dick. now. <laughs>
1: I just, I just criticized him, but let me end this with a simple... We all love him, though. Remember when you wanted to get him on the show like three days after he finishes treatments? <laughs> That's
2: true, I did. That was an all-timer by my dad. I
1: did. Hey guys, do you think we can get Dickie V? And then the next like, one was, do you think we can get Dick Van Dyke?
2: <laughs> he literally tweeted like two days before, like a day before, hey guys, I'm having issues with cancer yeah my dad's like you think we should get him <laughs> that'd be a good guess
3: yeah my timing uh my timing was spectacularly bad on that one i did not know that he had just gotten over uh chemotherapy hey graceland how you doing hey graceland hey hey graceland got your way they said where hi. is she hey speaking hi. of graceland i was listening to i'm I'm totally into the uh women's euros uh european championship u uh uefa they've been pretty great huh they've been great uh today germany beat uh or today we're recording this thursday Uh, germany beat austria 2-0 i would love graceland to have an opportunity to watch some of these matches just to see grown women playing soccer at the highest level uh i, I think it might No, I, well i've showed her i showed her a little bit yeah yeah and does she's a she, she little more too young right a little more
2: interested in bluey but i don't know what bluey means blue is just a, a popular disney show but okay. uh no no she 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 watched this she's like she she's actually really good at like looking at because i watch so much sports that like any sport that's on she's like that's basketball that's football that's good. baseball that's soccer. Like she's always at like if we go to a restaurant, like pointing up at the TV and like saying what sports on there. Good. But, uh, you know, I got her to watch it for a little bit. Like I definitely, you know, try to do those things where I'm like telling her like you, you could like see you could do that someday. Yeah, damn right. Like if you, like you know, soccer, you like playing soccer. If you got really good at that, that could be you. Right, but, you know, she's four though, so she's yeah, right. not digesting a ton of it.
3: <laughs> and and you would tell her, but at that level, you actually actually have to have an interest in attacking the ball, like going for the ball rather than retreating from it.
2: Right now, Gracelyn, when I have her on defense, I go, "All right, Gracelyn, go, go get the, attack the ball." And she likes to just run up to the person with the ball and then just like start running alongside them, like just like I was told to. I'm supposed to be over here, so I don't like I don't want to bother you. You don't bother me. I'm just gonna <laughs> run next to you. That's right. Like <laughs> she, I, and yes. now she's now running towards our goal next to the guy right exactly
3: i saw that several times in our most (laughs) recent game instead of attacking the ball she's attacking the vague area
1: of the ball yeah she she loves to just be in the mix i know So what's the record now? Oh, six and one. Don't 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 worry about that. Six and one. How many of those victories have you been present for?
2: Uh, I think I I think I missed what two games or three, Dad? Yeah, two or three.
1: I think it's it's at least two. It's at least two. You're going to start a pattern of having successful teams when you're not present. Our one loss, our one loss
2: was with me. Have I missed two or three games? Three games. Okay, so that means that that means the team is three and one with me and three and zero without me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Don't take that personally. I was there when we lost. Or should you? <laughs> Dad, all um, I know is I think you've been there for all of them. So I think I have. Yeah. I don't know why I, I said that. Your main assistant coach, John, has missed a
3: couple of games too, I think. Yeah. Okay, so Greg Cody is... Well, no, he, he missed
2: one. Oh, no, he missed two this week. That's right. Yeah. Right.
3: So Greg Cody, the third coach officially, is really the only one who's been to every game.
2: Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But
3: uh, hey, everybody, it's the Greg Cody Show. Have I said that yet?
2: Yes. Okay. We're like We're like 20 minutes in. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, I just said it again.
3: Um, we have an interesting uh, guest today. It's uh, a guy named Fred Siegel. Uh, you may know him better as the freezing cold takes guy uh, at at old takes exposed on Twitter. Got almost six hundred thousand followers. This guy. Hopefully, that retweet.
2: A co- Let's get that retweet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this guy created a cottage industry. Of second guessing people like me and Stephen A. Smith and Levitard and anybody who's like leaning into a microphone or writing stuff.
2: It's not second guessing, Dad. He's just keeping receipts. Yeah, it's not second guessing. It's exposing when you're wrong. <laughs>
3: That's true. <clears throat> and, yeah. and I was one of the main chapters in his book. <laughs> and we'll get into that. Um, I mean,
2: it's pretty cool that wait. like this guy, this guy wrote a book. The first chapter is on Bill Belichick, chapter two, Greg Cody. That's, that's incredible. right. I was going to ask yeah.
1: how main is a chapter for it to, for, for Greg to consider it a main chapter or is it just any book that has his name in it? That's the main <laughs> chapter.
3: Well, it's uh, I, I think there's like 15 chapters and I'm number two and it's an entire chapter on a column I wrote. This is the book. It's um, it's called Freezing Cold Takes NFL Football Media's Most Inaccurate Predictions and and the fascinating stories behind them. Little wordy, little wordy on the title, but uh, we wish him well. With Good the book. plug, dad. Good plug. All right. Let's, let's get to that, that now.
2: Let's get to that now. Let's just do that. I'm no, I got excited. I just want to say Fred Siegel
3: is a Miami guy. So the column I wrote sort of inspired this whole cottage industry of his. Oh, Fred. It, you know, it really did. I'm taking full credit and I want a little vigorous. So um, here's, uh, here's Fred Siegel of Freezing Cold Takes. Fred. <laughs> Good. How are you doing? Good.
4: I I I don't have a background. What about the background? You know, when people go on their Zoom, it's like the ones who I guess do it often. They have some sort of <laughs> yes, in The background. Yeah. It's all sorts of stuff.
3: Yeah, I feel like. Um, I feel like at the very at the very least, you need about uh 40 copies of uh of your book. There you go. All right, I have one as well. Uh, thank you uh, for asking your publicist. You're the first one who's got one. Wow, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I've read every bit of it. I will tell you that uh, I read chapter two first.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I hope I was fair.
3: No, you were. You were. And um, and uh, I love the whole concept of, of what you're doing. So uh, th- this is uh, Chris, my son slash producer. Uh,
4: well, uh, now, Chris, are you the main producer of Dan's show now?
2: Uh, well, we have a bunch of producers, but I'm one of them. Um, we have, like, yeah, we have what do you think of...
4: I mean, I, I can't imagine Dan won't want to talk about this with me, right? I could send all you guys copies and get on the show, maybe. I mean, like, yeah. imagine. I mean, he has the same guests on all the time. I mean, maybe it's changed up one time. Get me on, you know?
2: I like it. <laughs> I'll put it in, man. Dan was That's... around.
4: I mean, like, this is something that he was around for. You know? Yo, so, for sure. At least chapter
3: two. It's funny uh, you should mention that because um, this column of mine um, came at a very interesting time in in my career. Edwin Pope was still around as the, the big honcho legendary columnist. And Levitard was fresh out of UM, UM really. And uh, he had been an intern at the Herald and he was beginning to rise at the Herald. And um, I was in my late 30s and I wasn't a columnist yet, but I was soon to be. And I think this column, the, the so-called trade Marino column, quote unquote, uh that, that you illuminated uh, years later i think uh looking back is what sort of helped me uh gain traction and become a columnist at the herald but um fred you're a miami guy right
4: born and raised in miami okay grew up in north miami wow okay um North Miami Beach uh Aventura area I went to North Miami Beach High School.
3: Okay. Now you're um if, if if I do my math correctly you're about 40, right? Yeah. Okay. So when I wrote that trade merino column and and I I say that loosely cuz we could mm-hmm. have a debate whether or not I truly advocated trading merino or just merely talking about it, but it is the trade
2: merino column that everybody knows about. Did you do the Levitard thing where you're like I'm not saying we should, I'm just asking <laughs> people to think about it?
3: You, that's for- exactly what you did. That's pretty much. He
4: even wrote that in the article.
3: I did. I I equivocated a little bit too much because people, including yourself, rightly think of it as the the Trade Marino column. But anyway, Fred,
4: um, you were really young when I wrote that, right? Weren't you like nine or ten? I was was probably 12 or 13 years old. I was in uh, seventh grade, I think it was, and um, but I have had I had season tickets to the Dolphins club section since since the stadium opened. So that was uh, eighty seven. So I've been going every game, mostly. So I was pretty, uh, you know, I was pretty big Dolphins fan at the time right. and still am. But I mean, like I was I was really big then. And um, so at that time, like I, I knew exactly what was going on. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that article and I got the Herald every day at the doorstep and everything.
3: And, and uh, when you read that article, um, your first reaction was what?
4: Well, I don't remember my first reaction to the article specifically, but I do remember that it is the official article that I talked about with my friend for years. In terms of this concept of going back and looking back at uh, old columns, or now you could just do it with tweets, and it's much easier. You could search for them, but right. uh, there weren't. It wasn't the same. You don't get to see things on repeat. Uh, if if someone wrote an article that's bad um, or that became infamous, you don't. It, it's not. It wasn't around all the time then. You yeah. read it once, and then it just went away. And. Um, If someone said something on TV, you didn't see it again. Now you could just see it over and over and over. So we thought we laughed about it because everybody <laughs> loved Marino at the time. Marino was like the guy. Yep. and But it just kept going on for years and years. And the reason why, obviously, is because Scott Mitchell did not turn out to be a great quarterback. <laughs> uh, if he did, it wouldn't be as laughable. Yes. Right. But um but that's really what happened. Uh, so I but, but for years we discussed it. Now, by the time I started, I read it again, which is like five or six years ago, it was a lot different than what I had imagined it was. Um I think that that's what happened. I try to explain that in the chapter. There's a lot more to it than that than just saying to trade Marina. But that's that's what I remember from it because because we don't have like archives. I mean, I don't even think that article is in the you get on the herald now yeah. I mean the herald computer right
3: yeah i had i had it uh I had it excised from uh, from the herald I had it uh, eradicated and completely erased from the records
4: <laughs> it was on it was in others it was in other publications like mm. uh, w- the way I found it it was it was in Gainesville Sun like two days later right I found it on Google newspapers. And it was it was posted in the Gainesville Sun. Printed it two days later and said Greg Cody from the Miami Herald. So other people saw it from other cities. So,
3: so Fred, um, uh, since I had a hand in inspiring uh, this uh, freezing cold takes website, which in turn spawned this book and became a big a big yes a big cottage industry for you. I'm just wondering what cut of the uh, of the book profits uh, I'll be receiving. Royalty checks. You
2: thinking royalty checks? Yeah.
4: Right now I'm just thinking about getting. Any book profits or getting a lot of books being sold uh, um, i I doubt that this is a, a I don't know if, unless you're writing like Harry Potter or anything it's <laughs> a huge lucrative venture yeah um yeah no i you know we'd have to think about it uh, you know once you put that in a public domain its uh you know I paid for that article
3: that's fair <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, I'm kidding of course uh, <laughs> yeah. who's the who's who's the person that you that you have freezing cold taked That got the most angry about it
4: a tough one it's it, at the beginning it was a lot worse than it was um it is now but uh god i can't even remember uh, uh you know there's a few guys out there who block everybody <laughs> who even tags me still um uh, i don't know i can't i can't remember who but people get mad but they go into my DMs sometimes and I, I make it a, i make it a, a thing i don't talk about people coming into my dms or else like like yeah you know, i don't want to be that guy so but uh you know um i i, I, I I can't remember any, no one specific. I can't remember any of their names, but they don't, they they went, they don't go too much on it. Oh, the guys who worked at that site dead spin, they got really, they don't like it at all. <laughs> well, not the new one. Not the new dead. Right. but
3: The, the original dead spin. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's great what you do, um, because, you know, the the people in the media, whether, whether it's old school print journalism or the Stephen A. Smith's or me talking into a podcast or Levitard or whoever it is, you know, we're just spouting into a microphone. And if we say something that turns out to be ludicrous or totally untrue, why not call us out on it? You know, I mean, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, I think it for, for it, it weeds out not only people, it weeds out two different type of people. It weeds out the people who um, they have to think about what they say, and then there's you you find out the people who just don't care, right? Because they know it's going to happen, and they want they like want. Like two people, Stugats is one of them. Stugats is a different breed, though. He's just a different
2: breed of... He's, like, below your radar because he gives every take on every topic.
4: And you don't even know, like, what's serious or not. There's, like, a, a, le- a level of uh, a genuineness that I, I like to... That's why I don't use guys like Skip Bayless that much, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, every single thing he said is pointed toward, you know, agitating somebody or, or about whatever it is he's doing. And I think that um, a guy like Stugats, sometimes he's... Like, I I I truly believe that Patrick Mahomes rant was real. That was real. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, some of the things he says, he just said,
2: it's on Andy Reid.
4: That was a great, that was a great rant. That was like
2: a LaMarcus Aldridge. Awful. (laughs) Like, that one didn't make your cut? That one didn't make the cut for you? No, the the, the book is uh, is exclusively football, I believe, right? Is that right?
4: Well, I, I thought about doing one for uh, all sports. But then I thought to myself, like, you know, might as well do NFL and people like it. Maybe I'll do NBA. But then I would have had to whittle it down to, like, the, the all-time best one.
2: Fred, um... How does it work? Like, do you like do you see a take out there, and you're like, oh, I gotta like that because like it could be wrong. Or, or are people at this point sending you stuff?
4: No, yeah, people send me stuff, uh, especially when it happens. That's what journalists hate the most about the beat is anything they say, anything provocative, anything like remotely interesting about anybody. They um, what they do is they a hundred people tag them, a hundred people tag tag me under their under their tweet, and it gets annoying for them. But uh, yeah, everybody. T- me and sends me things. People remember certain, uh, like uh, someone like you know Dan could say something one day and he doesn't remember because he's doing a long show every day. Uh, but uh, 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 if he says something about the Portland Trailblazers or something, a guy from Portland will remember that for three years. And uh, when when it comes out, Dan won't remember he said it, but then someone will send me that. You know, everybody remembers. And uh, I before with the bookmark stuff, it's easier. Like I could just bookmark it, but most of the time I find them afterwards. If a coach gets fired, you use the search function on Twitter. You find the day the coach was hired. Right, right. And you just type in the coach's name, and then there's just a bunch of tweets out there telling how great this hire was. Journalists do not like to say that Coach was bad hire. They're like buddies with everybody.
3: Right. I'm going to mention that, um, you know, my chat, the, the Trade Marino um, thing was number the chapter two in the book. And at first I was insulted. I was like, why wasn't my Trade Marino column chapter one? But then I see the headline on chapter one and I, I can't really debate that I should have been above that. The headline is the Patriots will regret hiring Bill Belichick. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that one is about Bill Belichick hired. That month, that whole month, he was just completely trash. And uh, it's funny because that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. I, uh, one of my purposes behind the book. When people see that headline, is that there's someone who wrote an article and it has that headline. The Patriots regret hiring Belichick. That's that's it. and so many people post that newspaper article with that headline. And looking back on it now, if you don't know the story or you don't know what's going on, it, it looks extremely idiotic. But uh, like, if you explain it, you you can understand why Belichick didn't look at, at that time. He left the Jets after one day as the head coach. And um he was a coach of the Brown for five years, five years prior, or from ninety five, uh, from like ninety-two to ninety-five or ninety one to ninety five, and he had a losing record. Right. So so it's like, why does everyone want this guy? That's what everyone's saying. You know, he's leaving the Jets. He's holding the the Jets hostage. Um, Well, the the Jets were holding him hostage, and they had to do all sorts of legal stuff to get him out of that contract. And people were wondering why. Uh, You know, Peter King wrote, yeah, why not just hire Dom Capers? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: That's great <laughs> That's terrific
4: And he also suggested That they hire The general manager It's Belichick Who wanted to be The general manager They, they wanted to hire The general manager from the Who had just got fired From Pittsburgh Because he couldn't Get along with the cower His game was Tom Donahoe Okay and um, and Tom Donahoe was, uh, uh, went to Buffalo and just completely dug a hole for that team for three or four years. He was terrible, and they fired him after that. So, like, that, that suggested by Peter King. And he, they, a lot of people were high and mighty, as if, like, he has to honor the contract. Ability. Right, right. Honor the Jets' contract. Everyone's high and mighty. You have a contract. That's not, it's not the same anymore. Fred,
3: um, I want you to make a mental note when you do the sequel to this book, because it's so successful that you're going to do a sequel. I want you to make a mental note that Dan Levitard on the air once predicted the Detroit Lions would make the playoffs the season they went 0-16. So Maybe maybe that'll find a place in the <laughs> in the sequel to this book.
4: I, I, yeah, I mean, Dan, you guys aren't at the Levitar show. You guys aren't really uh, you don't you don't post that many of the quotes from the show on, on on online. Now Cowherd show
0: everything he
4: says is quoted and posted online. So Cowherd is like he's picking. Uh, you put like he has he has all of his hot takes or his provocative opinions From the past five, six years, just memorialized online, so it's easier to find. Dan's not as easy, Um, but we could talk about that certainly. I thought if I come on the show, which I'd love to do.
3: (laughs) Okay, Um, it's it's freezing cold takes, of course, at uh, at old takes exposed. And this began in yeah, yeah. in 2015, 2015, right? So yeah, 2015 in November. OK, so take us back seven years.
4: Well, I was just I just wanted to write something about I, I mean, I did, I was just following online Twitter. So these reporters would post about all the things that they said that they said they were right. Yeah. Like, just like I predicted last week, right. this happened. but I remembered that they were wrong. So then I would say, you know, nobody's saying that. So I'm just going to do that. But I didn't mean to, I'm just going to make a feed that posts about all their wrong predictions. But I didn't, I just meant to do it as a joke. Like, you know, it'd be troll, like it'd be a troll. Like, you know, make fun of them. But I didn't expect it. So, uh, I had some people mention it on air. John Zaslow from 790, um, he mentioned it because I'm friends with him. I went to high school with him, I graduated.
3: Okay. I'm an enemy of his, so please don't mention his name again.
4: What? Oh, you're an enemy of his?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm half kidding, but that's okay. I, um, no, I know
4: what his name does a great imitation of it Mike.
0: Right. Um, he does.
4: So- <laughs> Uh, Yeah, and then a bunch of other radio stations started talking about it. And then Sports Illustrated picked it up like two months later, wrote an article on it um, on SI.com. And then that's when you found out about it because you wrote a blog post on one of your blogs about the the article. Because I said that was the first whole take I remembered. I even said it in that article because that's what I remember talking about. It's like like our college days, past college, trade marino keeps. Mitchell was it. Yeah. You know, Fred,
3: I I wear that uh, column like a like a badge of honor, to be honest with you, because while I see that it's in your book, while I see that it turns out to be dead wrong in in most people's eyes, um, it fits the definition of what I consider to be a great column, which is one that's very topical, a little controversial, more than a little controversial at the time. Memorable. It's still probably the most famous column I've ever written. Uh, a month ago when the Panthers made a coaching change, the Florida Panthers, I made fun of the new hire because he hasn't done anything in the postseason. And, you know, he's the losingest coach in NHL history. So if this guy wins the Stanley Cup, then uh, I want to be included in the hockey version of this book that you do well, as well.
4: I don't I don't know if I could, I could honestly do hockey because I don't really know anything about it. Um, neither do most of you like 20 panther fans around,
3: (laughs) but, um, Fred, you you have a law degree. Um, were you a working lawyer still, uh, you hadn't give up, given up practicing in 2015 or had you already uh, quit lawyering?
4: Had But I wanted to.
3: Okay. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but did the success of this website and not website, but Twitter site, and you, you have almost 600,000 followers. This really has resonated nationally. Mm-hmm. Did the success of that make it easier for you to say, hey, I just don't want to be a practicing lawyer anymore. I'm going to do something
4: else. Maybe I'll, you know. Yeah, i for something else to do. Yeah. But I don't make as much money, not even close.
3: Well, I can imagine, but, but do, are you able to monetize this thing? I don't want to get into your business, but
4: I, well, it, it ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. Um, I, uh, I, there are times when it's been good. Um, you do a lot of promotion, especially with Instagram. Instagram is even better than Twitter, but Twitter helps me. Um, Twitter has gotten me the notoriety in order to do something like this, like get the book, like get the publishers. Cause it took two years for someone to get the publisher's book. So uh, um, yeah, so that, but it's not, it's not going, i tell you that.
1: <laughs> sometimes
4: okay. it's good. After the pandemic, it was bad. It was really bad. It took a long time being really bad. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. It's, it's, it, it, I, I wouldn't, I would be in a, it would be in a rough spot if my wife didn't work, I can tell you that. She's a lawyer too. I met her in law school and she makes a lot of money doing law. So uh, that helped. If, if it was by myself, I, I, I don't know if I would have quit right away.
3: Well, it's, it's funny, Fred, because uh, my wife and, and Christopher's mother is a lawyer as well. And um, I, I'm trying. You just answer the question, but I was going to ask you. I'm trying to imagine the conversation where you first say to your wife, "You know what? I'm going to quit being a lawyer and just devote myself to this freezing cold takes website or Twitter site." You know, how did
0: that work?
4: <laughs> well, it, it, these conversations aren't just a day uh, out of the day. My, my conversation about quitting law was probably three years. Even started before I was doing freezing cold tape. Right. Freezing cold tape just made it easier. But yeah, I had that conversation with her at least five or six times before it actually did it. And what kind of law were you in? I was in healthcare law. I did transactions with healthcare, like doctors uh, buying practices and mergers and acquisitions, hospitals, things like that. Which um, I, you know, it was there were nice people around, but everything about the law—you have to love the law. I think there's a lot of people go into the law who don't love it. And then it's a bad move. Um, and the people who do love it, the 25%, um, I call them the 25% who love the law, they they kick your ass. Because you're sitting there hoping you get the job done, hoping you can just get it done. And they're staying up eight hours longer trying to find every possible thing because they love that. So, so it's like uh, it, it, they'll, they'll destroy you. Anybody who loves the law is really good. It's like they're they're kicking the ass of the people who just like are going through the motions. Fred,
3: um, we're going to let you go in a minute but I want to um, read something from this 2016 SI article. Your Twitter site had only been out a few months then. I think this, you'd probably agree, was the first major shot of national publicity you got, right? The SI article? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, It says, Siegel said his favorite discovery was a 93 column from Miami Herald columnist Me that boldly suggested that the Dolphins trade Marino and keep Scott Mitchell. Quote, this is you. I grew up in Miami and had season tickets to the Dolphins. This is the most indelible cold take from my childhood. I hate to reminisce at the expense of Cody, who has been an institution in Miami for decades, but to this day, my friends and I incessantly joke about this article. It reads like 35 cold takes jam-packed into one quarter page. (laughs) I was so excited when I found it on Google newspapers to bring it back to life and share it with others. It was like sharing a piece of my youth. So
4: oh, oh, it was, it really honest. was. The, finding <laughs> that article, that and Alex, I asked Alex Marvez what the Ultimate Warrior's real name was, <laughs> letter into the Herald. And Alex Marvez was this like, was the wrestling guy. Yes. Little small thing about wrestling every Sunday. And you could write, I wrote him a letter, what's the Ultimate Warrior's real name? And it appeared in the Herald. I got, that was the second really? big thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, it was big. I mean, that article they got season was big. Um, and it was, I think, it was the the game against the Cowboys. Steve Deberg was our quarterback. Yep. Mitchell had gotten hurt by then, and we went seven and two to start the season. We it was a Leon Lett game. Leon Lett jumped on the ball after the field goal, and it, 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 after the game winning field goal was blocked by Pete Johnson. Right. And we were seven and two. We didn't win another game since that <laughs> game. But if Mitchell was around, and I talked to Scott Mitchell, okay, and uh, quoted it here, if he was around, they would have made the playoffs, and things would have been much better for the team. And then people would have had that conversation; nothing would have happened. Because, uh, but he he laments about the lion changing their offense all the time and not having a great management, which we all can't argue it's been that way for thirty years. Uh, so, what's
3: uh, Fred? What's been your most viral uh, Twitter post? Either you know, just the most traction, the most likes, the most hates. Oh, the-
4: yeah, yeah. It depends on who it is. It, it matters on who it is. But there's one NFL one that gets substantially the most just because of the whole, uh, the way it's written. Uh, Colin Cowherd wrote, I, I I think, I think it was during one of his college games, it was 2014. Colin Cowherd wrote, I, Jack Prescott is going to be a great backup the NFL <laughs> at tight end.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, he, And on that, it, uh, yeah. Fred, we're, so yeah, we're going to let you go. Um, best of luck with the book, seriously.
4: Yeah, it, it's online, uh, and if you go to my Twitter page, yeah, it will take you close. It's right on the, uh, the link is on the um, pinned tweet. But freezing cold take uh, NFL, and it, you can find it right on Amazon, or you can go to the website and, and, bu- and buy it. But uh, if you Google it, it'll be right there. And uh, it's launching August 9th. but you can pre-order now.
3: Yeah, it's out August 9th. Best of luck to you. And I'm, I'm thrilled that, uh, that my ancient trade merino column, uh, was a small spark in what became became a, uh, a flame a bonfire a cottage industry
4: yeah yeah now it's a good article um, and uh, <laughs> it's a good read that if anybody in Miami wants to read about it um, in chapter two of this book, so there you go uh, great part of Miami sports history
3: yes <laughs> dubiously or not uh, I agree with you all right Fred thank you really appreciate it.
2: dad on the pie chart of the reasons that guy came on this podcast how much of it of that pie how big a slice of pie was uh him wanting to get on the levitard show <laughs> um big, well i guess big, you yeah big piece of pie yeah well you a did big i mean piece of pie i mean you are the you basically created the whole premise for his existence uh, in i like this, to think in so industry by being you know, terribly uh, wrong
1: that's being, right <laughs> yeah
2: and i love how dad you're you're like you're the other day in an argument with Dan, you were like, "See, I write, I write controversial articles. Look at the Marino article, and then in that one. You're like, ah, I didn't really write that. You're you're going back and in, in some conversations, you claim that this is you're proud of how outrageous this article, like how you know it took courage to write this article, and then in other conversations, you're like, if you really read the article, I didn't say trade them. Yeah,
3: what well, was a nuanced. It was a nuanced column, but for the sake of this book, and I totally get it, Fred Siegel had to play it like, trade Marino, he said to trade Marino, which is less fun than if he noted that I didn't really say trade Marino, I said, maybe it's time to consider that because this and
2: this and this. But my, my criticism of you is that you do that exact same thing, is in some circumstances hype it up as, yeah, I wrote the trade Marino column. That's right. Yeah.
3: No, I, I wear it like a badge. I do. I wear it like a badge.
2: Yeah, but I'm in that interview, you kind of acted like I didn't really write. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm just, I know okay. we're, we're running in circles here. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be in his book. I hope it does
3: very well for him.
2: Um, How well could a, I mean? It's going to do great because that guy's got a lot of followers and a big following. But coming, it's a bold move going Greg Cody chapter two.
3: <laughs> Why?
2: It's like all right, I got. What are you I got, implying? I, I got Bill Belichick here and my, my, uh, what's, if you have an ace in the sleeve, what's the next thing you have? Cause Bill Belichick was his ace in the sleeve. Uh, right. What were you? You're like the, 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 I was king. like a, a nine, I'm, I'm yeah. a pair of nines. You're like in, a, in the, a nine uh, up his sleeve and he went nine <laughs> in the two right. hole. That's fine. He went, maybe <laughs> yeah. he's balancing out the book. Maybe like <laughs> at, maybe the odd number ch- chapters were like really home runs. And then like the evens are more right. like, you know,
3: well the selling point is trade Marino because everybody knows Dan right. Marino. The selling right. point ain't me.
2: That's true. Know. It's the headline. The headline is chapter two. And then it's like, by the way, Greg Cody wrote this. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> but, but I deferred to chapter one, which was uh, New England will be really sorry that it signed Bill Belichick. That, that's, you know, yeah. that's definitely D.H. But uh, no, we enjoyed him. And, and thanks again to Fred for uh, being on with us. I want to hark back to um, last week's episode for just a split second by giving you one more dad joke. I promise.
2: Yep, that's it. That's it. You said split second. That's I know.
3: It. I, people always say that. Okay. I have one more dad joke. I promise this is the only one
2: I'm going to say today. You know, that was a dad joke that I did interrupting your dad joke segment. Go on, carry on. Yeah, I know the split second thing. You know,
1: that was a kid joke and it drives me nuts because my kids hit me with it all the time.
3: <laughs> oh, I, I do that all the time. Uh. Uh, you know what I love doing uh, at a supermarket, which is, uh, I think, I guess this would be a dad joke. If I'm just buying a couple of items and the bill is, let's say, sixteen I'll say to the girl, the year i was born just like
2: to just to see what her reaction would be do you do it with single digit amounts like 928 no no but you could be like you could you could be like bc <laughs> <laughs> no i think
3: it only works with uh, you know back
1: a, in bc <laughs> it only
3: works with like a 20 year old cashier if it's a year that she can relate to or he how confused are these poor people
1: well they fake laughter there's an awkward <laughs> pause and then they fake laughter i can't say that i'm much better i mean, like. The the Nelly's Diner jingle, I made up in a grocery store line. I sing it out loud and just spontaneously in the cashier. You're
2: like, I'm a creative. When I feel it, I got to do it.
1: And you start like right, 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 right. So, so I guess yeah, you're not the only Greg who does weird crap in the, in the grocery line. I'm just
2: picturing like Yeti getting inspired for a song and just being like, when I get inspired, I will sing that song anywhere. It's and damn right. him just being like come on Dad! like i'm just like in the middle of the store
1: i got busted at work the other day i I had to run over into our supply closet because i up the elevator i I had a a song a tune hit me i was like i need to record this before i forget it and one of the guys walks in hey you you still need me and i'm like hold on (laughs) (laughs) singing in a closet over here hold on i
2: I love when those tunes hit me
1: yes the tunes when they they
3: hit me all right here's my here's my quick dad joke and christopher i i ran this by you uh Last night when I saw you, so if, uh, if you remember the punchline, don't, uh, don't say it. Hey, what time is your dentist appointment? 2.30.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I told
3: you not to say it.
2: I mean, like, I, the, never has a decision in my mind been quicker than right when you said that sentence i said i'm saying it as soon as he finishes
3: see i would have been you probably played it best i would have totally exaggerated i would have gone tooth (laughs) hurty. which is the better answer 230 or 230 i'm just curious okay enough of that
2: Dad, how was, uh, uh, did you hear my Harry Carey? Were you in studio for my Harry carry? Oh I was there Chris Tuesday. Was
0: so bad. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, it's great. I didn't hear enough of it. Huh, what do you mean? Huh. <laughs> More. <laughs> I was also working on a Joe Biden, too. I've been also been working on a Joe Biden. He hasn't called in a while, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I should bring back my Joe Biden. Listen, man, I'm all right. Hey, <laughs> hey, guys, I got vid. I'm good. Uh, see, it's terrible. It's not even good. I it's, got the jab. It's... I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Scranton.
1: Scranton.
2: (laughs) I'm telling you, man.
3: I want to replay one of my Joe Biden impressions in this episode. All right, I'll
1: play it. Yeah, let's
3: drop it in right now. Pick one right now. Pick pick the one that's the least bad and (laughs) drop it in right here. Lad. That's right.
1: Just leave your number. Cause I ain't at home.
0: Hey GC, it's Joe. I need your advice on something. You got a dog and a cat, right? Well, explain to me how they get along. Because I grew up in a dog family in Scranton. We never had a cat. Times were tough in Scranton. Dad would sit around the kitchen table and say, I'm working like a one-armed paper hanger to put food in our mouths without worrying about cat food. Now Jill wants to bring a cat into the White House. GC, I'm more nervous than a pregnant nun. i got enough problems with my shepherd, Major, biting people. My press secretary, Jen, makes fun of me all the time. Says I should be called Joe Biting. I'm worried this new cat won't last two days around Major. The fur is going to fly, as my dad used to say, sitting around the kitchen table and Scranton. Dad spent a lot of time sitting at that kitchen table, now that I think about it. Anyway, GC... I need some intel on how you got your cat and dog to get along and fast, because Jill's hellbent on this. I'm already imagining TMZ with footage of a dead cat in the Rhodes Garden. it would be the lead story on Fox for a week. Get back to me, GC, on this before Major starts getting that look in his eye. Hang on. He's running after the Undersecretary for Nuclear Security. Major! Major! <laughs>
3: Thank you, Joe Biden, uh, for uh, joining us on the podcast, especially after just testing positive for COVID. It
2: was, clear, it was clearly you. It was, it was clearly you. <laughs> what?
3: That President Biden. Anyway, hey, not only is that exciting, we're excited to have a brand new sponsor mm-hmm. on the Greg Cody Show. And here's their first contribution, their first ad. We wish them well.
1: And welcome. Welcome aboard. What's the sponsor? Uh, Little Danny Urinal Cakes. Oh, that's right. Sound delicious. The sweet smell of Little Danny Urinal Cakes give even the lowliest of us a glimpse into the aristocracy of life on South Beach. The Little Danny Urinal Cakes ignite the senses with each scent hand-curated by Michael Ryan Ruiz. The shapes and colors inspired by the rocks on Dan's water wall, which won't pay for itself, also provide your bathroom with a splendid aesthetic. With Little Danny, you can have urinal cakes and eat them too. Little Danny Urinal Cakes Delightful yeah. delightful. I'll
3: look for those on my store shelves yeah. <laughs> Now would that be in the,
1: uh, in the cleaning products Aisle or the uh, um, Snack aisle? Your guess really? is as good as mine Greg. <laughs> Could be both, right? The people, the people at Little Danny Urinal Cakes Failed to tell us that <laughs> Alright, well I'll be looking for those Mm-mm. The real answer is, you never know There you go <laughs> Exactly um, I want to mention a, a,
3: a couple of things and they're, they're sort of both under the same
2: category and mention it, just mention it.
3: I know. I always say that, right? <laughs> I set it up by saying, I want to mention something instead of just mentioning it.
1: Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. A couple of mentions cutting it up.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> We're big Ted Lasso fans around here, as you know. Oh no. We've are we Bill doing, Lawrence.
2: are we doing what show are you watching again? No. What do you mean? I thought that's what that segment was going to be. No, but I'm, I'm, com- I, I, I listened to one, one of the things that when I was gone, I believe you did that with Izzy. It's something I wasn't part of, where it was just like, I got an idea for a topic. What are you guys watching on TV? I was just like, we've. Oh my god! I was like, we've reached a moment here. <laughs> well, and like my yeah, dad has run, my dad has run out of talking ideas. Okay, I
3: am so thrilled that you brought that up. Okay, because the guy making fun of me for that as a lame podcast topic is the guy who produces a podcast about what movie are you watching?
2: Right, and when we have guests on, we never just say to them, "Any you watching
1: new shows." <laughs> what do you i'm watching i like ted lasso what do you like dan did that with mike sure though hey well, what that, do you like on tv that's days? at least a guy
2: that writes tv so it's like a guy that writes tv it's like what do you watch i'm interested in things you watch since you make this stuff but right
3: and that's what we said last week or whenever it was a couple of weeks ago anyway you're brain beating me <laughs> here's my point there's a ted lasso ripoff Coming to uh, premiering August twenty fourth on FX. I have no idea what FX is. It's a channel. Okay, it's about two American <laughs> friends who buy a small English football club, and it's called Welcome to Wrexham. Damn near killed him. W R E X H A M. And I've seen the trailer. And any big names? Uh
2: yeah, 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 the, the
3: two What's guys. What's it called? Who,
2: Welcome to what?
3: Wrexham. W R E X H A M. Welcome to Wrexham. I'm sure the two American friends who buy the club are actors of some renown i've never heard of them but um ryan
2: reynolds is one of them is that right yeah it's it's, it's ryan reynolds and the other guy is from uh always sunny in philadelphia this is like major stars really yeah okay i mean ryan reynolds is the major star but the other guy was in uh, like an extremely popular show
3: But to my larger point, do you agree this smells like a Ted Lasso ripoff?
2: Yeah, I mean, isn't isn't everything in TV copying? It's like, what works? I hate that. No, I hate that. Oh, reality TV works? Let's make a million reality TV shows. Yes. Oh, it works? Oh, Modern Family works? Like where you look at the camera after a joke? Oh, let's do that on like seven different shows.
3: And movies do that, too. Not that Modern Family was the
2: first one, but yeah.
3: Right. Um, I, I almost asked Fred Siegel. I'm surprised his idea. Um, for freezing cold takes hasn't been ripped off a dozen times.
2: Sure, there is. Are there? I guarantee you. Right now, I could find another Twitter account that's like prove you were wrong at prove you were wrong. Like you know what <laughs> I mean? Like
3: okay, <laughs> at your dumbass take. Yeah. Right. Um. So you guys are not nearly as outraged about the Ted Lasso ripoff as I am,
2: right? Now, nah, now, nah, what shows are you guys watching? <laughs> I don't. I don't give a shit about that. But I here's said that. Thing. I said that just the way my dad said, "Hey, everybody." No oh, god that's another thing in I fact got, I let's got play that. that again
1: yesterday i actually got this <laughs> voicemail
2: dad have you listened to it yet yeah i have so you heard the hey everybody yeah like let's play it right here let's play it <laughs> god
3: hey everybody not here or can't come to the
0: phone leave a message Thanks.
2: yes dad
3: explain yourself okay i do not sound drunk I do not want to be accused. I probably recorded it at like eight in the morning.
2: Ooh, eight in the morning. What's the six what's the six seconds of like ambient noise silence before you say anything?
3: I think I was in a car.
2: I know. Like I love you recording that in your car. Like that right. is just such a like why would you do that?
3: I I think it would have been the the, the best way to end that recording would have been if they were like screeching tires and me screaming right at the end of the recording. I mean
2: like why are you addressing a group of people?
3: Hey everybody. Well that's the mystery of that. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. Why am I saying everybody when there's clearly only one person calling me? Hey everybody. Hey everybody. I have to admit I have no excuse for that. I have no idea why I did that. I probably recorded it like 12 years ago. How am I supposed to remember? I mean?
2: Hey everybody. I'm not here. Hey everybody talk like i don't even know like honestly i lose it after hey everybody so i have no idea what you say after that
3: i have to admit when i hear because nobody hears their own message like i never call my own phone so i laughed out loud at hey everybody i have to admit
1: that everybody hey everybody i had a voice message help get me a job one time my voice really yeah 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 Uh, just just because it was so detailed Uh, (laughs) i you started singing (laughs) not on that one i had a in 2005 time magazine's people of the year was you It was like everybody it was like because of you youtube had just started and um and so it was a picture of a computer screen with a mirror as the screen so when you picked it up you were the person of the year
2: oh that's terrible
1: so i was like hey you've reached you know my name and uh one of time magazine's people of the year 2006 oh nice as you can understand, it'll be, you know, um, you know, someone with, with this acclaim is quite busy, so I couldn't take your call. But leave your yeah. name and number and blah blah blah. That's good. And they said, "Hey, we got someone with personality here. Let's hire them yeah. to process paperwork."
2: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know? That is good. That is <laughs> okay. that, that. I could see that. Like, you know, I, I like that guy.
1: But it worked. Dad, yeah.
2: Dad, what was your reaction when I called you before the message thing? And I was like, "Hey, we're about to call you. Don't answer." <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, I didn't know what kind of shenanigans you were up to. I was having a particularly busy day, so I wasn't in a position to be
2: able to, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I heard a cough coming.
1: (laughs) Hey, look at this. This is like the first time my dad's coughed in a while. On the show, for real. Dad, it's gotten
2: back <laughs> to the part where we can celebrate this again. They happen oh. so infrequently that we can laugh about it.
1: I know. I really apologize. He's been muting himself. When Tom Musiana called in the other day, I th- he turned purple. I thought we were going to lose him. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> um, Hello, Greg. What were you saying? I got discombobulated by my cough, my now infrequent cough. What were you saying?
1: Um. What was I saying? I don't know. Just no, real? you were saying you were really busy. Yeah, you were busy. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, every once in a while, this happens where I'm home, you know, researching a Herald sports column or something, and I get a call from Christopher wanting to embroil me in some, you know, on air shenanigans with the Levitard show, which I'm usually happy to do. In this case, I was just having a really busy day. So if it had involved anything other than. You listened to my recording, I might have balked.
2: So you were Balk. happy you, you so you were happy with me saying don't answer. You were like gladly. Yeah, it was
3: fine. Yeah, I don't care. At that point I figured you wanted to listen to my message although I had no idea what the message said or why it might be funny. So
2: Hey everybody.
0: Hey everybody. <laughs> just...
3: I have a wheeze right now. Does anybody hear my wheeze? Yeah, I mean, L-
2: I've heard I've listen. been hearing you breathing this episode. Yep. That, that's not something to like brag about. You're like bragging. I'm not. About
1: <clears throat> hey, buddy. I'm very... wheezing again.
2: <laughs> yeah, wheezing it. Wheezy yeah, on uh, Good Times. <laughs> little wheezy. That's right. Speaking of little wheezy. See, you hear um, it there. You hear it when you take like, an, a breath in to talk, when you're like... I know. Now,
3: now I've brought it to the attention of the audience, and it's very annoying. Um, but speaking of little wheezy, um, these ads have been on for a few years, but they just registered with me. The Diet Dr. Pepper ads starring Little Sweet so <laughs> the we- character. You mean Prince. You mean Prince? Yeah, the character who unmistakably looks and sounds like a miniature
2: Prince. I'm pretty sure At Prince. At first, like, I thought those were super cute. Didn't Prince sue them? I'm not and, sure. Well, he should. The, the estate should sue them. I think he did. I would be prince all.
3: Is, I, I, prince, I, I, I mean, tried to research that, and I could find nothing about the estate suing Doctor Pepper.
2: Well, let's not like let maybe bleep his name here because he's very litigious. I don't want to like him to sue us for saying he's dead. His estate is not.
3: Okay. I'm allowed to say Prince's name on my podcast.
2: No, I'm just saying, like, I just accused him of, like, suing and shit. All
3: right. Well, you know what? If they sue us over that, I'll just claim we were talking about Prince Fielder, the former Major League Baseball player. Don't worry about it. Okay. I got that covered. I'm married to a lawyer. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But I was a Prince fan. Still am. Um, am I the, just as I was the only one annoyed about the Ted Lasso ripoff, am I the only one annoyed that diet Dr. Pepper is, is, you know, re- exhuming the great Prince just to move some soda.
2: This is like, you know how, like we've talked about with Yeti, how like you can take a, a famous song and if you change like one little line, then it's like you, you can you're not stealing all anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's what's happening here. They took like so many things of Prince except they made him little. So they were like, up, <laughs> oh, it's not
1: Prince. He's little. And I don't think any of the music they've done was Prince's music. No. I you know they did a parody of uh, Sister Christian. Yeah. But that's the only one that I really know. How about this? But here's the thing. I was in...
3: Okay, go ahead. Prince was little. That was part of... Oh, that's true. What Prince was known for as being really, really small. I saw him at a Super Bowl once. This, the famous Super Bowl. I was where at he that, too. At I was at that. Okay. But but I was at the pregame thing, the halftime pregame show conference, and, and I happened to be for a s- but second... I happened to be like five feet from Prince as he was walking to the stage. He's tiny.
2: Yeah, no, that, I forgot about he that. He was
3: like five, five, 110 pounds. I mean, yeah,
2: I, f- I forgot about that. That's so true. So the I mean, fact <laughs> that
3: not only does he look and sound like Prince, but he's also extra small is just one other reason why it's a blatant ripoff.
2: Yeah, it is. I, I was in Tahoe for with the Levitard show and, and they have after the, the cool party where you're in this room with all the celebrities, they have like they send everybody out to all the, and everyone's family joins and it's like food trucks and it's all free. There's like two dozen food trucks and it's all just eat whatever you want from any of them. Wow. And uh, and they have a band playing. And this band, it's Bruno Mars. It's this guy that is dressed exactly <laughs> like Bruno Mars. They play all Bruno Mars songs. Oh, wow. And it's like this guy, th- this is like a group that actually goes around and is paid to like make performances. And they're just ripping off like, I mean, I guess there's like cover bands out there. But like, it's just it's just baffling to me that a group is allowed to go on the road as, hey, we're fake Bruno Mars like it just yeah. seems like we're, we can't on our youtube play three seconds of a, a, a you know a metallica song hmm. but this band can go out and be metallica
1: yeah, yeah they they, they, oh, have, yeah. they do have to pay for that they do have to pay for the rights they have to get clearance um
2: okay so if they don't pay for it they're doing it illegally
1: right right okay. yeah technically if i were to go out and play cover songs at, at a club I'd have you know the club would have to have some sort of agreement with ASCAP or BMI, and but a lot of these are get paid. You have to turn in your set list and stuff. But that
2: seems like something that's like supposed to happen. Like a lot of bars and bands are just playing, like right. Like this doesn't happen, right? Correct.
1: But one one of the guys I work with, his friend, uh, would do bars and stuff in Atlanta, and uh, several years ago, some representative from ASCAP, which is one of the uh, one of the organizations that you register your music through, and they collect royalties they were there yeah. in the audience and they approached the club owner and were like hey you guys been paying for these songs like and they must they, yeah like they, all they the, policed it what about all the bars in like nashville i don't know how it works like that'd be a good question for
2: jt are, are you sure you're a thousand percent right that you can't like a bar just can't have I'm a sure, guy singing i'm sure songs? it's not
1: something they can't police at all, of course. But I there think, is something there where, I, I as think, the I, songwriter, you're supposed to get some sort of kickback if people are performing your song. It would make
2: more... like. If somebody's just like a, at a piano bar taking requests, you can't really flag that guy because he's playing like everybody's music as opposed to like going around as just Bruno. Like you're playing only Bruno. Like that should be flagged. Like the the guy at the at the Nashville bar just playing a bunch of random other country songs. Like I don't think that should be able to be flagged. Was like, the
3: cover band's name uh, Bruno Venus? Oh, Craig. no i'm I'm asking yes (laughs) because typically okay there's a million cover bands all over the country there's like five or six full-time cover bands for elton john one of them's called almost elton they even use his
2: name and are they paying for that
1: (laughs) yeah there's 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 australian pink floyd that's literally their their name is australian pink floyd so
2: all these so all these bands so all these bands are paying to do this is what you're saying they
1: have to they have to license the music somehow and and when i say
3: I'm not, I'm half kidding when I say, was the cover band called Bruno Venus?
2: Because no, they were, it it was Bruno Pluto or Bruno's penis. Bruno's penis.
3: Okay, now you're kidding, but, but the point is that would be, you know, they probably couldn't get away with Bruno Mars M A R Z, but they probably could get away with Bruno. What if they were
1: German and they were Bruno Lars? (laughs) Wow, you are, those are two good jokes in a row by you.
3: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Bruno we wraps <laughs> Okay,
1: yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Put a bow
3: on it. Uh, we've had a wonderful time. We thank uh, Fred Siegel again, the great Fred Siegel of uh, Freezing Cold Takes, who joined us to uh, uh, acclaim my 1993. When was that? 1993 or 94? Column. I think it was 93 on Dan Marino trade. Marino, the Dolphins never did and never won a Super Bowl. Thank you. <laughs> Validation. You're welcome.
2: I just thought of an idea we should do here on the end of this episode. We'd like to reward the people that stick around for the end of the episode. So what I think we should do, we're going to do a promotion from this episode for our new merch store, thegregcodyshow.com slash shop, or is it shop? That's a- It's shop.thegregcodyshow.com. Yeah. I mean, you can get there from just thegregcodyshow.com and clicking on the shop link, but if you want the direct one, it's shop.thegregcodyshow.com. We're going to do a thing here. Um, and we can tell by looking at the timing of when things were purchased, so we don't want any cheaters here. We want people that go out right now from listening to this and make a purchase on our website to show us some sort of screenshot, tweet us at The Greg Cody Show or on Instagram. And we're going to track all of these. And in the coming weeks, we are going to do another happy hour, Greg Cody Show, meet and greet. We're going to choose up to 10 people. Wow. Up to 10 Zoom screens. It's going to get messy, but we're going to have a lot of people. We're going to have a lot of fun. (laughs) Excellent. We're going to choose up to 10. So that means you got a good shot of winning here, but we need to see the screenshots. We want to see we want to force you to spend money, basically. I was going to yeah. sugarcoat it and say some cool stuff, but we really want to just see who really loves us and who wants to meet us.
1: Let's do it. Yeah, we've got, yeah, because there's free shipping right now from, from, from right now, Monday, through the end of the day, Thursday. Gripping. Nice. And uh, you know what? I'll just do it. We'll unleash our limited edition designs again Nelly's Diner and the floating head, that Let's kind of go. thing. Let's do this.
2: So well, everything's available, it's free shipping if you if you show us a screenshot on social media you're in the running for a meet and greet uh zoom with the three of us and uh who else and last time i, I think billy dropped in like to like these before like i i send all the texts out so th- this could guest. be these these are fun like we might even get dan levitard stu Gatz. like we're gonna be this is it's gonna be a fun hangout we're gonna do it for at least an hour so uh whoa at least an hour yeah I mean, it's a happy hour. It's a hang. (laughs) Okay. Let's make it a happy half hour. It's going to take an hour just to get to all 10 people in the boxes. I mean, geez. (laughs) But, like, but the last time we did that, like, we made some, like, we, like, I remember that's how we met Danielle, uh, one of the fans, the big fans of the Levitard show. Like, we've met, like, you know, diehard fans of ours that, like, it's cool to have these things and connect. So,
3: Danielle is traveling tonight on a plane. (laughs) No, this sounds like a lot of fun. A happy hour. I am in for it. Let's do it.
2: All right. So, all right. Bye, audience. See y'all. Dad, how is your cough, by the way? Like you, you coughed here real quick, but like you seem good. Like you're better
1: these days.
3: It, it Other than when I'm coughing, I have no cough, which okay. is pretty remarkable. No, it's been much better. Thank you all. Appreciate that kind it. Of th- Thank that
1: all. kind of thing. Would Erlene's freezing cold take being I thought Greg Cody was going to be a winner That's actually good, I like that (laughs) I don't know what that
2: means, I really don't What? what? Dad, he's saying (laughs) Would mom's freezing cold take be that Greg Cody was going to be a winner
1: (laughs) I think this is a winning proposition You
3: don't get that? (laughs) No what does it mean?
2: He's <laughs> saying that mom made a prediction 30 years ago. This guy's going to be a winner. And that's her freezing cold take. She got it oh, so okay. spectacularly wrong. You know, okay. we're, we're leaving all that in. Uh, all right. See you later.
3: All right. <laughs> See you.
2: See you always win.
3: <laughs> I genuinely Even didn't... when I'm taking a dig at you, you win. <laughs> <clears throat> I genuinely didn't, uh, didn't get it.